almost hate to come up after sitting and listening. So good to uh, just love sitting in his presence. It's, you know, I've gotten over having people watch how I worship. I don't uh, worry about that anymore. It's between me and God. Some people like to dance. Some people like to sing. I like to sit and soak. So, but I also like to worship in my giving. Again, the giving is not required. But it is, it is a blessing that you cannot... Why, why give up something that is so good? Why hold on to something that in the end will be like dust? And I don't, I don't give to have him bless me 100 times. I give because he's already blessed me a hundred times. So let's give our offerings and to the Lord. You know, many times in our our lives, things happen, and many times in our lives, the the good or the bad. How many of you have driven down the road and see a cross in plastic flowers where somebody has died in a car accident? A marker, or a place of remembrance. Whether you agree with it or not, that's what it is. That's not a new process. The Israelites, as they went through their their time and had different things happen to them, they put down markers. The, the fathers of the, the faith put down markers, built altars to what had God done for them. I think when they crossed the Jordan, they got to the other side, they built an altar. So they would go back and they can remember God's faithfulness. And the, and just make it a place where, yep, I do remember that. I think so many times in our, our lives, we forget the things that we've learned to the aspect where we just don't use them anymore. But it's not a, it's not a point of ignoring it. It's a, it's a point of not bringing it to your remembrance. You remember when I uh, talked about uh, communion and the word remembrance means to bring it into the past to the present. And that's not just the thought, but that is the power and the glory and the very essence of what that thing you're remembering is. And I think we need, we need to experience that in our lives. Because there's so many things that the Father has given us that we do not, we come into a situation and he's already prepared us for it and we forget, we don't remember, we don't bring what he has promised into our present. I guess it was about six months ago, I 
gave a message, and I, I had three points that are so critical to us. I don't know if you all remember them, but the first one is that we live totally in grace. By grace and grace only. Point one. Remember that. The second is that we live in the finished work of the cross. Every day we live in the finished work of the cross. You can't forget those things. And the third is that we are created in the image and likeness of our Father. This is for your remembrance. Because I don't know what circumstances you're going to go through. We had some wonderful testimonies. There's just things that pop up in our lives. I, I heard this week that they were saying that 60% of all cancers are just luck of the draw. It's a DNA. It's a destroying of the DNA, the, the points on the DNA. That there's not a thing you can do about them. You may not smoke, you may not do anything, but they just happen. That's in the, in the world, okay? But it, things happen in our lives that make us come into remembrance of his promises and such. All that was free. But remember those things. I want to give you something else to remember. Terry did this fine artwork, and it, it is, it's going to be framed and hung somewhere. But it is so true. This, this is a spiritual picture. Okay? Adam, the line of grace, below the line, we've talked about this before. Second, Adam, the final Adam. He came and everything changed. We do not have to live down here. We are to live up here seated with Christ in heavenly realms. What is so hard is that we have become so comfortable living down here, we decided to stay here. We have friends down here. Let's go over to our friend's house, you know. I, re I remember my wife when they said, oh, you have uh, fibromyalgia. We're going to put you with a group of people that all have fibromyalgia. She said, I am not going to go listen to a bunch of women whine about what's wrong with them. That's, that's what it is. It's to make you feel better because you all live down here and none of you live up here. Why don't you go up here and, and say, hey, why don't you come up here and live with me up here? So you can choose to live down here. Some people go down here to think they can save people down here. To bring, you know, you can't. This is, this, this is a choice. This is an individual choice. You live down here or you live up there. You can live with Fear, shame, covering yourself, separation from God. You can blame yourself, you can blame others. It's usually blaming others. And sadness and depression. It's all part of the natural world, the way, the way we live. In the natural world. But God didn't create us to live like that. He's called us to live above the line with him. He's called us to, to be with him and, and to listen to him and to remember all the promises that he gave us. 
And today I want to talk about power and authority. I like Terry's picture, but I need, I need to do it a little differently. I have to find a blank page here. There we go. That was a spiritual realm. In the natural realm, it goes from here to here. And we're going to put I'll put two trees there. And I'm going to put I'm going to put you here. This is John. A little beard. And I'm going to I'm going to John wants to get to the two trees into that area. One tree is good and evil. One tree is life. But there's a line there. And that line there is drawn by the natural world. The natural world tells you you have no power. The natural world says, I have power. Yes, the devil has power. The natural world has power. I thought I thought of a couple of instances, you know, when with this thing going out on in, in Berkeley, where the writers in their hoods and their masks and they all look like the same, all dressed in black, and won't let somebody speak because they don't like what they say. And they come in and say, You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and we're gonna riot and we're gonna storm storm buildings and set things on fire and they go that's their power the authority on the other side has power but the authority on the other side in the, in the natural realm says I have authority and I have power you have power but I am going to give up my authority and give into your power and they release it. They do not do what they can do. And it's the same when you, if you think back at the other line, you have power, you have authority and power to live in the upper realm, but the world tells you you don't. Are you going to give up that authority and power to listen to the power of the world? Okay, let's, let's go back to Genesis, and you don't have to pull these up, Terry. Uh, Genesis one twenty seven. Well, let's go back to Genesis 126. And then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Something we just talked about. And let them rule. There's other words in there, but dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and all things on the earth and over all creation. God gave us dominion. Have we used our dominion? No. No, not really. But see, there's with that, with that authority God gave us, we lost it in the garden. We gave it back to the devil. Jesus came and we gained it back. And Jesus says, all authority, in Matthew 28, 18, 
has been given, given to me is all authority in heaven and earth. Authority. And you've got to understand there's authority and there's power. Power submits to authority. Power submits to authority. The world looks to power. I have the power to do this. I have the power. I have my rights. I have things. But there is an authority. We must learn to live above the line and live in the Father and the Holy Spirit. We must learn to live in his authority and power. Now, when we come to places on, on the, in the natural world where we have dealings with power, we come against other power. But you've got to remember you have the authority. It has been given to you. There is no authority but Jesus. And God's kingdom's authority is over all powers. Authority is over all power. His kingdom is authority. Jesus, well, let's go. Let's go a little bit different. Let's go into uh, Luke ten, real quick. Let me let me find that for you. Luke ten, verse nineteen. He says, "I have given you." Jesus is talking to the disciples here. He says, "I have given you authority." to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the enemy. See, if you want to go power against power, you're you're going to struggle because the enemy has power. But Jesus gave us authority. And we do not, in the church, use our authority. People don't like it because they think you're Word comes to me, uppity. How dare you say? What do you mean you can? Well, that's all the people living below the line that don't understand what authority you have. We in the natural world have always tried to fight the power with power. I remember a Stories I've heard about demonic oppression or whatever. It doesn't matter how loud you yell. It doesn't matter how many, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, you throw at somebody. It doesn't matter how many times you do anything. You see in the Bible, Jesus didn't walk around and scream at demons. He just said, be gone. They knew his authority. The centurion, when he came to Jesus, said, can you heal my servant? And he says, let me go to your house. And the centurion, who understood authority, stood there and said, no, you don't need to come. I understand authority. You have authority. You tell him he's healed, he's healed. You have authority. You have one that backs you because he loves you. You have authority and power because of his grace and what he has given you. You didn't earn it. You didn't go to 
some seminary, you didn't go to some prophet and have him lay hands on you, you didn't go around the world and do great things for God. The person that nobody will ever know except the people in heaven and the greatest display of power, let's say Smith Wigglesworth, all get their authority and their power from the same place. And for the same reason, it's God's grace. He gives it. The enemy uses power as an illusion. He lies to you. He says, your car will never run again. He says, your children will always be sick. You will never have enough. You cannot be, you could, you'll never be able to do it. You're, you know, as you grow old, you're going, you're going to have no money and you're going to you're going to have to go into the welfare home or whatever. I understand those things. Planning on retiring by the end of the year. I understand the monetary thing. I understand all the, the medical things, going to the doctor and being on the first two prescriptions in my life that I've ever had to take now. I understand that. But what my doctor said to me is a label. It is not who I am. It's what the doctor says, but that's not who I am. You do not let people who think they have power determine who you are. My doctor may be correct in her natural diagnosis, but it does not affect the authority that stands behind me. I don't know if you all remember, there was, there was a movie years ago called The Bear, and it was just a little movie. This little bear cub's mother had died, and as he goes wandering through the woods. And it's a neat little story, and I don't know how they got it all done, but there's a cougar chasing this little bear, trying to eat it. And this little bear just doesn't, the cub just doesn't know what to do. Well, the little cub gets cornered, and the cougar is taking it out on a log out over the river. And this poor little bear cub is, you know, throwing its little paws and making its sounds. Cougar could tear it apart. All of a sudden you see the cougar go, I mean like, oh my, and run off. And whoever did this picture does a pan, and here's this little cougar, or this little bear going, and up behind it is this big old grizzly that's been defending it. You have a big old grizzly that's going to defend you whenever something comes at you. You just don't remember it. You have, you have a, a grizzly who has come out of the tree of life. His name's Jesus. All authority he has. But our trouble in the natural world is we want to go from there to there. This is rest. See, when you have all authority, you rest. When you have all authority, you rest. The Father is resting. When, when you have authority, you can rest in what he has told you. In my life, and Terry and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, I have never been at so much peace in my life. It, it doesn't matter. 
Now that that sounds stupid. That, oh, you don't care. Don't you don't you know you're sick? It doesn't matter. What are we going to do with you know the money? What are we going to do with you know our retirement? Are we going to have enough? My son who lives with me, I said, well, that's why you're still living with me. You're going to take care of me and change my diapers when I get old. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, he's thought about it. But I said, God's going to take care of me. It, it doesn't matter whether I see it in the natural or not. And the trouble is, when you take a stand like that, the world comes against you. They come against you because they don't understand what you have. They would like what you have. Or they're offended that you say where it comes from. Authority is always over power. Let's go to First uh, Samuel. You know, I, I had this in my uh, Young's literal translation. And I'd rather read it out of there. So bear with me. It's 1 Samuel 17, 42, verse 42, chapter 17. You know, you'll know this story. Okay, this is the story of David and Goliath. I had the honor of playing Goliath in a Sunday school class one time. Because of my size and my brother had a huge sword. So I got to play Goliath. Certain verse 42. And the Philistine looketh attentively and saith David and despiseth him. For he was a youth and he ruddy with a fair appearance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou art coming unto me with staves? And the Philistine revileth David by his gods. He basically swore at him in the name of his gods. And the Philistine saith unto David, Come unto me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the heavens and to the beasts of the field. And David said unto the Philistine, and this, this is some of the best lines, Thou art coming unto me with a sword and with a spear and with buckler, David says, you're going to come at me with power? You're going to try to get me with your power? And David looks at him and continues saying, And I am coming unto thee with the name of Jehovah of the hosts, God of the ranks of Israel, which thou hast reproached. This day doth Jehovah Shut thee up in my hand, and I have I have smitten thee. You notice he says, I've already I've already won. I've already done this. This is a done deal. And turned aside thy head from thee, and given the carcass of the camp of the Philistines this day to the fowl of the heavens and to the beasts of the earth, and all the earth does know that that God is for Israel. There was the classic battle of power and authority. All of Israel was terrified 
because they were going with power to power. They were, they were trying, to make, trying to make a statement and didn't know what to do. And here comes this teenage boy, youthful, just think of a 16-year-old kid coming out and going, I've already taken your head off. I'm going to feed your body to the birds. How dare you come against me? He knew authority. He knew who backed him. He knew the grizzly behind him. The world doesn't see it. But he knew. Now how did he get there? How did he learn the authority? I have wondered that over the last few weeks on discerning what the Father has. But I, I, I think David was one who spent so much time with the Father and sitting in the Father's rest in the garden that he had no problem coming back to that rest. It didn't matter what the dividing, it could be the Philistines, it could be sickness, it could be finances, it could be your family saying things about you, your children. That, that is a power. That is a word. You need to get in this rest. And I think David learned to sit in the rest of God. And I think as he sat in God's rest, he understood God's authority. He understood that in the very beginning, God gave man authority. He gave him dominion. Now you'll, you'll see that Jesus gave his disciples authority, as we talked about just a short time ago. And with that authority flows power. Your power flows out of your authority. And again, like I said, too many times we back up on if somebody displays power to us. You know, a, a policeman will stop you. Let's say if, if I had a bad attitude and a policeman came up to me and she was... She was about a 128-pound little officer coming against me, and I didn't, I didn't want to deal with her. It would be power against a power, but she has the authority of a badge. And if sometimes you may win or lose a battle of power, but you'll never lose the power or the, the battle of authority because you have been given authority. And you live out of authority. And there's several other places that we, can, we could go and, and give other stories, like when the, the spies came into Israel. And the father says, I have given you this land. God has all authority. I have already done this for you. And they sent out spies to take a look, to see what was going on. Remember, only two agreed with the, came back and agreed with God. The rest said, we are grasshoppers. 
Sure, there's a supply of everything in that place that it's beautiful, but there's giants in the land. Some of Goliath's brothers and relatives still live in that land. And they decided, okay, we're not going to go. It angered God. See, they looked at power to power. Only Caleb and Joshua looked at the authority behind the words that were spoken to them. Sometimes you may be the only one or two in a whole group that say, I agree. I agree with this authority. I have this authority over this situation. And the world will come at you and say, no, I have power over this situation. And you'll find that God will come and he will step in a, in a position and he will make such a miraculous change. And everybody will go, well, how'd that happen? Yeah, you may have power, but I have authority. So I guess what I want you to remember today is in your life, think where God has taken and used his authority through you because you know he lives within us. As he is, so am I in this world. So I carry that authority. I carry God's authority. But we have that power to walk through this world and do what he has called us to do. And when the world comes against us and tries to challenge our power, we have to remember our authority. We need to build a place, a place of remembrance that we can go back to. That's exactly what communion is. It's building a place to remember not the horrible death, not the crucifixion, not the nailing of Jesus and the beating of Jesus, per se. It's his victory. We need to remember his authority over all things. If he didn't have authority, he would not have been arisen. He would not have gone to hell and taken the keys to death in the grave and risen up to the Father and taken us with him where we are sinless. We are righteous. We are holy. Because he is righteous. And he is holy and he dwells in us. So I don't want you to get stuck on power. Everybody has some power. The trouble is, if you give up your power against somebody else's power, you're also giving them your authority. Don't let them have your authority. Don't look at the outcome. Don't look at the natural outcome of things as an answer. See, a lot of people who get prayed for that are sick die. And people go, I have, it didn't work. You just gave the power to the disease. It really doesn't matter if you live or die. And I don't know what you all think about it. This is, this is purely me. It doesn't matter. I haven't given up any power. I haven't given up any authority. If the best thing the devil can do is to take me out of this world and send me to heaven, you're a fool. 
He got messed up on doing that to Jesus. Well, Jesus lives in me. He's not going to get him the second time. I don't let circumstances dictate who I am and who is my God. I take him at his word and I take him at his authority and his power. So lay a remembrance. Find a place where you can say, when things get tough, you can go back and say, I remember this. God's authority trumped everything that was in my life. God's authority was always good. He was always faithful. He always redeems. He always brings us back. He always supplies. He always heals. It may be in a song. It may, you know, when the doctor put these labels on me on Monday, it was really strange. The first thing goes through. You are my healer. You are my God that healeth me. That song just started through my brain. You know? And then I sat down and thought about it. I said, yeah, okay. It is what it is. It hasn't trumped my God. It hasn't trumped his authority. It hasn't done anything. But I want you to remember to find a place. And that place is rest. It is in the garden. It is at the tree of life where you're eating from Jesus. And you're not eating from this decision or that decision. You're not in a dual world. There was one. There was one God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit. And they dwell inside of you. And you have all authority to draw on them anytime you want. In any circumstance you have. And you can find that rest. And you can baffle the world when they look at you and wonder, how come? And the world will probably say, he just doesn't care. No, I've already won, as David said. I've already given your, taken your head off. You just don't know it yet. Watch what's going to happen. So, we'll end it there. Okay, thank you. I'll be, next two weeks I'll also have messages I, on power and authority. I don't know where I'm going to go. It's amazing what power you have. But it's also more amazing the authority behind that power. You have power in your words to speak things. Even when the disciples walked down the street and the, and the one bothered Peter all the time and he just turns it, come out of her. They have to bow to authority. If we, if we wanted to sit going to a boxing match with the devil, we will box for eternity. If we want to sit down and rest in our corner or our manager, our cut man, and our coach. All sit there and say, hey, we have all authority. We've already won this. We've already won. Jesus has already won this. You've got to get that. We've all got to get that into our minds. 
Because we are going to go through times when we will start hearing things that say, no, that can't be. It's not going to happen. No, it is going to happen. He has all authority. Amen. Selah.